Welcome everyone to the Uppy and Stash Show. I'm your host, Uppy. Um, today is a super awesome day. I'm really excited. I'm, in da- I'm out of the house. I'm out of my living room. And I'm in downtown Modesto. I'm at 1870 Brewing. I'm sitting here with Bridget Berry. She's one of the owners. And Bridget, thank you for letting me come down today and yeah. talk with you a little bit. Thanks for coming by. And uh, standard icebreaker for a beer show for us. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite style of beer? So I would probably say a Gose, um, very unique to the United States, um, very up and coming, new, a lot of, a lot of breweries don't have them. Uh, they started to get kind of some flavor profiles, some flavoring in, in general, but um, I always like to, it's, it's always kind of like a, um, a surprise on the menu. So when I, when I see one of those, I go after it. All right, so to dig a little bit deeper on that, I've heard of a Gose. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it in title. Uh-huh. As a Central Valley beer enthusiast, I don't think anyone's brewed one. So uh-huh. can you describe briefly in layman's terms what makes a gose a gose? Yeah, so um, the the bill so the, the grain bill portion of it is basically um, it's trying to mirror kind of like a lighter beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really trying to add back that mouthfeel. Um, and it started over in Europe when all the very thick beers were, were coming through and it was kind of like a, oh, we forgot to add more of our grain. And so they started making a lighter beer, um, you know, back there and then it slowly introduced its way into the United States. I feel like U.S. is really about lighter beers, mm-hmm. um, you know, and has kind of grown them in a sense. So um, that's really, it's, it's about that light grain bill, bill um, you know, portion of it, so... Can I expect one to see one on your menu list at some point? Uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. I'm sure. I mean, if it's one of my favorites, then of course we will. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm excited, especially, you know, it's nice when someone brings something new to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty good friends with Dying Breed. Mm-hmm. I never had a Hellsbach. They yeah. have one of the best ones. They have yeah. the only porter I've ever had that I like. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to you doing a Gose. And yeah, something different. Changing my world and yeah. my flavor palate in my mouth so yeah um let's start with the name 1870 okay um i do understand that and i didn't know this until i read your article in modesto b that was uh-huh. when modesto was founded yes year the modesto was founded um so i mean really the goal is just to tie it back to the community um we're here in the heart of downtown um you know a lot of a lot of uh you know things pass through mm-hmm. our our um and j street right here and so we're just trying to really gain a following mm-hmm. of like hey we support the community um but it's really kind of a cool name in a sense too so it's simple mm-hmm. people can remember it you know we kind of went down that marketing road as well but um it's really about tying the community back to to brewing thank you i, I mean i'm not native to modesto i've mm-hmm. only lived here seven years but um it's my home now yeah and i always want the best for my home so I, I like that tie-in because uh-huh. without you, I would never have known that. Never would have looked it up. Yeah, exactly. But I also like how you did it too. It's actually the number eighteen with seventy spelled out. Yeah, uh-huh. it has yeah. a nice aesthetic to it. So your marketing team did a great job. Exactly. So. Just change it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another, uh, you got several things that you're doing differently than everybody else that I'm excited about that I want to get out today. And okay. First and foremost, when you're fully functional, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to do coffee and beer. Yes, correct. Yeah. So we, we'll have a full-on coffee house. Um, we're planning on doing cold brews and nitro um, and, and really uh, kind of being known for those. Um, you know, you go to Starbucks and you can kind of get your normal coffee and it's convenient in that sense. But we're really looking for like the atmosphere. Um, so we want to bring folks in. We want to do different types of beer or different types of uh, coffees. 
um, like, you know, flavored type cold mm-hmm. brews, maybe adding some ice cream, you know, mm-hmm. doing some, some different types of drinks um, and really playing with the coffee side of it. So craft beer and craft coffee, it sounds like? Yes. And I know I've told you this, but for the audience's sake, is uh, I've told Bridget several times how I like beer, but not so much coffee. Uh-huh. And my parents love coffee, but they don't drink. So this is a perfect chance in a post-COVID-19 world when... You know, my parents come into town, they live in Oakdale, and mm-hmm. something new for us to be like, hey, instead of you driving across town to go to Dunkin' Donuts for your standard issue coffee, yeah. why don't we come here, I'll get a beer, uh-huh. uh, we'll get a nice bite to eat, and you can have your coffee, and we can actually bond and both be happy at the same time. Yeah, I mean, so. that's the advantage, right, is that um, we have folks that come in, and yeah, they might not prefer one over mm-hmm. the other, and then another case, they might drink coffee in the morning and then come back in the evening or stay <laughs> and, and drink coffee later on. Um, but it's, yeah, it was really, the, the concept and idea was around, um, you know, folks that are, are coming in late at night and they're drinking with their friends and, and they potentially, um, you know, want, you know, one of them just wants a coffee or something lighter, you know, and they don't really want to drink beer. Right. Um, so it's just given options, but it's nice because it's kind of on the craft sense of like we're making it, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's fresh, you know, That's that awesome. type of piece. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's neat. And then uh, speaking of food, um, mm-hmm. what is your plans for food options? Yeah, so eventually we will do food. Um, our abilities right now would be, uh, we kind of have like, we have some panini presses, so we're looking at like grilled cheese, mm-hmm. sandwiches, um, you know, kind of like finger food, tapas type. Uh, we just, we've had to work with the city to figure out kind of what our menu is, but mm-hmm. a lot of options in the sense of, of finger foods. Okay. Um, yeah, really just getting people here to, to drink beer, but, you know, say, hey, I don't want to have to go down the street and get some food. I, I really right. just want to, you know, eat something quick. One stop, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, any chance, and this is a selfish question, uh, you're going to be offering chicken wings, buffalo wings? Um, yeah, we, we don't have a full hood, so as far as on the meat side, I, I, I have some options, but um, I'm definitely working with the city to, to get a, a couple more items in here. Um, and when you're drinking beer, right, you want to have those types of greasy yeah. <laughs> items. So we're, we're trying. We, we've thrown around an air fryer, mm-hmm. you know, those types of items. So um, I'm sure we'll get them in here. It's just been, yeah, it's been trying to figure out what works. That's awesome. I'm a traditionalist. I just want a cold beer with some spicy hot wings. There you go. <laughs> I'll be happy. I'll be here all the time. Yeah. Once it's safe to be here all the time. So, yeah. Um, super excited about that. Yeah. And, um, and I, I had to ask you about your food because you're actually two blocks away from Grubhubs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is one of my... One of the cooler things Modesto has actually done despite uh-huh. the name of it. Yeah. I won't get into my displeasure with the name, but... Um, two chance for two marquee locations that we didn't have mm-hmm. more than a year ago and yeah yeah i mean um you know with food trucks and and uh i think it's just variety honestly mm-hmm. i think that a lot of a lot of folks around here are looking for variety i i mean when i planned on opening this it was kind of like that a little bit of that san francisco vibe mm-hmm. like you can walk down the street and get a grilled cheese or you can you know go mm-hmm. over and get a steak across the right. street so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just really looking at, at variety, and I think, yeah, Grubhub really, mm. they actually, um, you know, provide that, but we're looking for that as well. What's that that variety that we can nice. provide? And then, um, in your best words, because we are a podcast, so we're audio only, um, <laughs> in your best words, describe the aesthetic of your play. I, I couldn't do it justice, but I'm just in awe sitting in here 
with the wood and like you have the roll up glass like garage yeah. door like uh-huh. so can you describe the aesthetic of the place sure um yeah i think it's i think in, industrial is kind of mm. what you were you were saying um i think that we went down the road of making it kind of like the farmhouse style and saw the natural wood and decided you know what i think maybe transitioning to more of like an industrial with like uh different colors of metal mm. and uh that's that's kind of where we're, we're heading at this point um, yeah, the front was really about natural light. So bringing <clears throat> natural light in, um, it's completely open. I didn't want to take away from that. And so I just right. highlighted it. Um, and then like our front sign, that's mm-hmm. our front sign out there will be, um, it'll be a piece of mild steel mm-hmm. and, you know, have our logo in it and then we'll have lights to really light it up Ooh. and it, it will look really cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. It looked good on Instagram just by itself. I yeah. Know, like, like, no, that's going to look awesome. That's very yeah. Central Valley because we are basically an industrial, hardworking group of people. Exactly. We're not yep. Tying it back there. fancy or anything, but that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And Another interesting thing you're doing that no one else has done that I want to make sure we talk about. Uh-huh. You're going to have self-serving taps. Yes. Yeah, How is that going to work, and what is the system, and describe it? Yeah. So let me let me talk a little bit. So we're actually going to try to separate our beer as far as the brewery side. So on the brewery side, we'll actually serve our own beer so that we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have eight taps over on that side that we're serving off a of kegerator. So yeah, once again, we can have the conversation with our customers. Um, you know, about our beer and, you know, if they have questions. But on the other side of the, of the tap room, um, we're going to do 20 taps of self-pouring beer. So um, you essentially go and you, you buy a wristband um, and then you have the option to pour three ounces or 30 ounces and, you know, whatever of, of whatever beer um, that you choose. It's really about, you know, customer choice. Uh, it's really about um, like we're going to bring in wine, we're going to bring in kombucha, mm-hmm. we're going to bring in probably um, some nitro, uh, nitro coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, we just really want some variety on our, our tap wall. Right. Um, and so that's that was kind of the goal of it is that you have the option as a consumer to, to really choose what you want. And I have two follow-up questions to that. Um, how does that work? Do you like pay before it dispenses? Like, yeah, because I imagine it's not on the honor system. So. Yeah, it, it usually um, the the part that's probably the the most difficult part is you have to put a credit card. You have to put a, mm-hmm. a, a debit card or credit card in um, to go on there because it's charging by the ounce. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the the first piece, and then yeah, we have to you know check your ID and go through um, all of our checks first, and then it has a limit too. So um, once you hit your limit, you can come back, mm-hmm. and we just have to recharge it on there, but. Okay. Yeah, it just charges your card automatically. So basically, it's going to be a learning curve for everyone. But once yes. you get used to it, it's yes. going to be something you don't even think about anymore. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. nothing worse as a consumer is you want your next drink mm-hmm. and you have to wait forever for it. So yeah, exactly. I think that alleviates that issue. Yep. And it frees people up to just have conversations like we're having. Uh-huh. Um, my other question is because you're going to have, did I hear 20 guest taps? 20 taps, yep. What is the goal with those? Are you going to go search for the best craft you can get anywhere, or are you going to try to focus on the best of what we have around us? Yeah, good question. Um, so the, the goal originally was to go find beer outside, mainly of California. Um, so Oregon is just blowing up mm. with different craft breweries. Um, it's really a skip popping away. You know, a lot yeah. of people think that <laughs> it's far away. It's really not. Um, so that Colorado, I partnered with a couple of breweries down in Texas. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already had the conversation. So the goal is really to bring in, um, beer from, from different parts of the, I should say, you know, West side, Mm -hmm. um, West coast. 
in general. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it, we're definitely going to have some local beers here. We, mm. we do want to support and, and make sure that, um, you know, we're doing our part in, in that sense. Because um, there are some amazing beers being made here. Right. Uh, but like I said, wine would also be on the menu and some kombucha. Um, man, lately the seltzers have been, yeah, big. So <laughs> I'm like, maybe you should throw a seltzer on there too. <laughs> I think you're obligated at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think even Drake's does one. So I was like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you have to. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the other ideas that I, um, I have in here at some point is I, I have a, a welder that's going to make me a map of the United States and it's, it's made of uh, mild steel mm-hmm. and it's, it kind of pops out. It's got lights around it. And what we're going to do is anytime we have a brewery from like say Texas, we're going to put their logo on a light and then we're going to light it up so that you can see where you're drinking that mm-hmm. beer from. Nice. So it really shows like, Hey, we have variety from Oregon mm-hmm. and Texas and Colorado and they're all available on this in our, in our tap room. See, new and different and awesome. At the yeah, same time. I mean, it's it's really like I want to know where my beer's coming from, and I, I that's really the the concept behind it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then, how about your beer? I think you're gonna have eight taps of your own beer. Yep. Um, so eight taps of our own beer. Um, we currently have a blonde, uh, an IPA, and we've made a black IPA, which mm-hmm. is kind of our anomaly in a sense. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna go. We're looking for session beers, lighter lighter alcohol beers. Um, but we're not afraid. Right. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna you know eventually make some stouts as the weather gets a little bit colder. Um, and and we're really just kind of testing the waters, honestly. Um, but I think like every once in a while, just having something like a black IPA is is what we're trying to go after. And um, I can say we'll get into it in the second half of the show when we talk specifically beer, but. You did let me try some of it, and <laughs> if you had not told me as a black IPA, I would have uh-huh. thought you were you made a stout. Yeah, and yeah. I think when things can taste like something other than what you would normally think it is, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's when it's a game changer, yeah. and that's really yeah. going to blow someone's mind and expand their horizons. Because I didn't know what a golden stout was. Yeah, and I had one last time we traveled back in november is from a brewery in pennsylvania okay it tasted like cream soda yeah but as a golden stout like stouts are black coffee things they're not supposed to be soda too so yeah um that's awesome i hope you do more of that too because no one else is doing that and um i definitely want before we take a break i definitely want to touch on the fact that you aren't you're not here by accident doing this Mm -hmm. you have a master's degree you did a master's thesis and you did it on this. Do you mm-hmm. want to like d- dwell into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting because I get to see it uh, come to fruition in a sense. So, um, so I have a master's in, in business administration, um, and started to during my classes. You know, I I was impressed in the fact that you kind of you get an education on a variety, mm-hmm. and you start to really learn how to build a business, which is great. Um, and so with the whole idea around fixed costs, variable costs, and then seeing some of these combination businesses come in. So um, really, I mean, this concept really came from modern times down in, mm-hmm. in uh, San Diego where they make their own coffee, they make their own beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, you know, capitalize on the fact that a lot of folks, you know, like the two or you get variety, that type of thing. So, yeah, my thesis was built around um, how do you have one building, your fixed costs, and really outfit your, your different types of um, streams of revenue, really? You know, how do you add to that and, and you know, split, split the wealth in a sense? Um, so that's really what it was around. And, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of people have, you know, kind of jumped on board to say, like, yeah, 
yeah, I would love to go and have a coffee and every once in a while, you know, like, be there and have a beer. Right. Yeah. I can see myself having beer and then be like, I need to sober up a little bit. Then yeah. Then we get a coffee before I go home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but generally, generally speaking, uh-huh. uh, once we're past this pandemic, if you're going to see me, you're probably going to see my little one too. So. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, exactly. My wife get, used to get a little uneasy because I would take her to Blaker with me. I don't think I've ever been to Blaker without her. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a grown man showing up with uh-huh. a three-year-old. Do you think they're going to overserve me? Yeah. No. Do you think I'm going to overdrink in front of other people? Definitely not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just our way of getting out of the house. So chances are when it's safe, you will not just see me. You'll see my, my yeah. wife and my daughter. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for, right? It's it's still like a family-type atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, especially with coffee and food here. You know, that's what we're promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the brewery side is just for folks that, you know, love the craft beer side. So we really want to bring as much um, of the different demographics as we can, um, in a sense. So. Nice. Then uh, finally, one thing I've noticed um, over the last couple of years is mm-hmm. we have gotten several new breweries, and mm-hmm. thankfully you're joining that club. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we've gotten like Dying Breed, and we have Contentment here in Modesto. And one thing I do know is it's not a competitive world; it's a collaborative world. Yes, so, yes. Uh, have you met everyone else? How you fit in with everybody? Like, how's that relationship going? Yeah. Um, so, like, you got Persuasion mm-hmm. uh, down the road with Jonas. Um, it, that's the great part about beer is that it's not about the competition as far as because um, you're you're making it from scratch mm. right? right and and everyone appreciates the fact that it's a craft um, and everyone has their own you know variety of craft mm. and everyone has their own style right so I think that's really where you know the community starts to to latch on is the fact that everyone can make different types of styles and beers and still be you know, happy and peaceful mm-hmm. with each other on the marketing side. Um, I feel like we all kind of share, you know, a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's great for the community. You can go over and have a beer at Contentment and then come over to 1870 and, mm-hmm. you know, have a different type of beer. And, and it's still, we're sharing the wealth in a sense right. and we support each other. Um, so, yeah, and I think that type of community is just beer alone, right. um, you know, out in the craft beer industry in, in general. So and I think the best thing we've heard on a tour that we took of Drake's and they we asked about it uh, myself and Beardo and mm-hmm. they said a rising tide raises all ship so, yeah that's a I good I mean uh-huh. you're gonna help feed each other yep. to help make this better for everybody yep, and we do make it less likely that we need to travel out of Modesto if yeah <laughs> yeah I mean when I start you know when we started brewing it was like we didn't have some hops we were having a hard time sourcing mm-hmm. some yeast you know right. and we were calling people and they were like yeah we got plenty and so it's just you can really tell that there's a ton of support and and they really wanted uh, to work as well nice so yeah it's great thank you well uh Bridget and I are going to take a quick break and then mm-hmm. when we come back we're going to nerd out on some of the beers so <laughs> stay tuned right. we'll be right back Now we're going to nerd out on three beers. Um, I'm, this is where the volunteerism comes to fruition for me is I get to drink things no one else has. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with the thing that, and I saw it on your Instagram. Uh-huh. You posted it. The black IPA. Yes. Um, I didn't know a black IPA existed until you did one. Oh, okay. So that is new for me. And I think I mentioned the first half of the show that. If you didn't tell me, I would have thought you made a stout. 
So can you describe briefly this yeah. beer when it went into it or why maybe you and the brewmaster decided to make it? So Yeah, so my so my brewmaster, Mike, um, he's had this recipe for about 10 years. I've tried it a few times. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we sat down and we were talking about the beers we were going to make. And I was like, he wanted to make it so bad. And I said, yes, because mm-hmm. um, I know that he just has nailed this recipe. <laughs> Um, it, it really is about, um, it still has the hoppiness of an IPA, which a lot of people don't expect when they're drinking a stout, um, obviously, but, um, then you get the, he kind of puts some, some chocolate malt in it. And so it has this back end of chocolate that you're like, you know, it kind of finishes with that. Um, and then the, the, really the profile, it's, it's very light, Mm -hmm. um, in a sense of, it's kind of more of like a porter. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's not as thick and it really is like for a summer day, you know, you could still drink it on a hundred degree weather day. You you can almost fulfill that palate, what you want on the palate end without basically drinking a meal. Exactly. Yeah. I can't make anything, any promises like, but there's only ever been one IPA my wife has ever drank that she liked. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was like Go Vandals out of Drake's. Oh, yeah. But that one was more of like a hazy IPA. Yes. There's a chance. <laughs> really? Because, like I said, because it drinks like the porter or stout. Yeah. Um, and it has that almost like dark chocolate finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that's one of those notes that she likes. She likes kind of like the chocolate slash coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Palette. So... Can't make any promises, but if there's a chance that there's a second IPA that she's going to like, is it's going to be this nice, one. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, we've had a lot of feedback with just some of the, the folks that have stopped by and just said, this is just, this is new, this mm. is interesting, it's different. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the idea, the concept of, like, session beers, but we're going to throw in, uh, you know, every once in a while, a surprise. So. Is your plan with your, because you have a smaller system mm-hmm. by design, I believe, right? Yes, and then, yes. You're going to have your eight on taps. Is there a chance like something like this could be like a marquee beer where if it, if you get enough of that feedback, yeah, um, that mm-hmm. we have to have this all the time because yeah. there's just a demand for it. Yeah. I mean, organically in the sense of we're going to let our consumers mm-hmm. decide, you know, I've had a lot of people ask what our signature beer is. I think saying that up front is, is, you know, probably not the way that it works. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we'll let our customers kind of decide. And, yeah, it, we definitely, with the feedback, we're thinking that it's going to have to be a, a volume <laughs> cruncher in a sense. We're going to have to make a lot of volume of it, um, which is which is great. You know, it's we're just testing the waters in that sense. And spoiler alert, possibly, do you have a name for it yet? Uh, yeah, so Chula Cabra is the, is the name. Um yeah, I think I would let Mike uh, <laughs> tell that story to anyone that wanted to come and ask about it. <laughs> well, when I come back, when you open to get a growler of it, yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to ask you. <laughs> he <laughs> definitely a- has a story for it, but it's it's interesting. <laughs> I like how he tells it. <laughs> Make sure when you come, ask for Mike. Yeah. Ask, ask about the name. There you um, go. <laughs> I'm, I'm anxious for that. <laughs> Even more than just the beer. Um, anything else can you tell us? Like, uh, what's the ABV or the bearing units or? Anything? Yeah, so it's a six point two percent, a little bit lighter on the on the IPA scale. Uh, I think it was twenty five. I'm not sure on the IBUs. Not surprised. It, it would yeah. taste like it's in that range. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little, you know, kind of in the mid range in a sense um, for an IPA. So, yeah, definitely a a different type of beer. Nice. Well, it it is, and thank you for doing it. I hope everyone else enjoys it because I think I've said this twice now. No one else near us is doing one, Mm -hmm. so it's nice when you can be like the educator. Yeah, yeah. 
So we're going to move on to your blonde ale. Okay. Um, makes Stash, poor Stash, jealous. Blonde ale is his favorite. Okay. But he lives in Moreno Valley, which is, gets a little bit hotter than it does up here, which it gets hot enough. So yeah. <laughs> this is a perfect time of year for this beer. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, go ahead and yeah. describe it the best you can or yeah. as much as you want to. Okay, uh, let's see, 4.8% ABV, a um, little bit lower on the... On the uh, IBUs, I think it was more on the 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, yeah, for these hot uh, Modesto days, you know, 100, 105, um, easy to drink, cleans out your palate, um, good on the mouthfeel side. You know, it's not like a Coors mm-hmm. or something, you know, a rice beer in a sense right. is what I call them. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it still has that that thickness um, in your palate. Right. And, and really, um, and then we put some honey malt in it, so we, we try to, you know, get a little bit of the honey on the back end. That's nice. Um, I like that, and I like this beer, and I'll try my best to articulate it. <laughs> so I, I don't know all the verbiage, and I'm not like that articulate to begin with, but yeah. uh, my palate skews more IPA, double IPA. Okay. Like something thicker, darker, more, as my wife would say, pine coney and cat pissy, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Most of the issues I have with the standard blonde ale usually mm-hmm. is it has some funky sort of aftertaste. Yeah. This one doesn't suffer from that. Mm-hmm. So this is, and I think this is why I asked you in the first half about buffalo wings, because <laughs> it's 100 degrees out. I yeah. can definitely come inside, have this beer, yeah. devour 12 hot wings, <laughs> and just be the happiest guy in Modesto. Yep. Like, I, so I don't know how you did it, but this does not have that aftertaste, which is, I think, the common downfall to me for a lot of blondes. Yeah. And, again, the two for two, I think my wife actually would love this one. Yeah. That's always a huge thing for me yeah. is getting my wife on board. Uh-huh. So the more you can do, that get her palate more like... <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I, I can get that support. It's like, hey, I'm going to go down to 1870 today. Do you want me to get anything? Yeah. It builds that support in the house. You're right. I'm not just buying beer for me. I'm buying beer for both of us. Exactly. I think I'm, a lot of folks are probably in that <laughs> same bucket. <laughs> so kudos to you. I, um, yeah. I mean, not to get too much into the beer nerd side, but um, making pilsners, making blondes, anything light, um, it's really about fermentation control. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and I both have been in the wine industry for a long time, and we understand that to the T. So cleaning and then making sure, um, you know, your fermentation is healthy and that you're continuing to sanitize. Mm-hmm. It's really what it's about. Um, it's funny that, you know, we, we share taste notes with each other, mm-hmm. and we kind of just go down the road. You know, it's like a check sheet. It's like, okay, do you get any uh, acyl, you know, acetylostate? No. Okay, I'm good there. Do you get any funkiness? You know, it's like we, we kind of go through these these items. And so with lighter beers, you really just, you got to clean really well and you got to focus on fermentation. Um, so, yeah, at one point we'd like to make a Pilsner, but him and I are arguing about that. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if we're ready. And I'm glad you bring that up, the cleanliness part, because I think a lot of people wouldn't realize it's a very OCD level job. Like yes, you have to be so anal yes. with everything all the time. Like yes. I don't think I would have the intention to detail enough uh-huh. to do that. Yeah. So I think I would just want all the reward, but none of the process. So yeah, uh, I'm glad you're in the business and I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can put you on the spot one more time. Does this one have a name? Uh, yeah. Uh, Bail Blonde. 
Bail Blonde, okay. Bail Blonde, um, also <clears throat> another story behind it, but we, we choose not to, <laughs> to share that. That one's staying private, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of our names might be like that, but at some point, uh, yeah, we'll start to have a story behind it. I think I'm going to pester you off air for that one. Yeah. I Keep it to myself, but find out for myself. <laughs> Exercise from privilege. There you go. And then our last beer today, and I'm, I'm really excited. I'm Not that I wasn't excited for the other two, but yeah. I'm really excited about this one. This is your IPA. Yes. Um, you were kind enough to share some with me, and I'm going to just be honest right now. This one's uncarbonated. Yeah. And so an uncarbonated beer, I've gotten to have one before. It's basically as if the beer's almost flat at this yeah. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But even uncarbonated, this one doesn't taste like, oh, my gosh, I poured it out of the keg too long ago, and I let it sit for too long. Yeah, this, yeah. I can't wait for what this one tastes like when it's, like, finished, finished. Uh-huh. Like, please get beer nerdy on this one. Like, what did you do to make this IPA? <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it really has, so with, with Pliny, Pliny kind of is, you know, the the ultimate, you know, mm-hmm. IPA that, that people um, strive for and look at. And, and so we built something very similar to that. Um, I think Mike really went after kind of the pine, you know, type of, of flavor um, when, we, when we talk about hops. Uh, but on the grain bill, it's really, um, it was really simple. We wanted like a, a simple template and then to use the hops to kind of backfill on those those different types of um, pine, citrus, mm-hmm. you know, all the, everything that you're looking for when you're looking for a hoppy beer. Um, and something straightforward too. I think you basically took all the words I could say is... In my de- my way of describing it is basically it's traditional. Yes. Like, yeah. I do want my pine cone beer. Yeah. <laughs> this is my pine cone beer. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it doesn't taste familiar. Like it kinda doesn't, it doesn't. Like yeah. it's like, oh, this is the taste I want, mm-hmm. but not necessarily everyone's doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm a traditionalist, this is what I want. And Sometimes just simple but perfected. Yeah, there you go. That's, I, that's I think that's what it's at. simple, but it's perfect. Yep. And I, I don't think maybe you could strive for better than that because if <laughs> that, in that planning world, I mean, are you yeah. prepared for like some fame that you weren't expecting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's why I think just they have perfected that hmm. type of flavor and folks are familiar with it. I mean, people come from all over the world to go taste their beer. Um, and so you're right. I think straightforward is, is the best uh, way to describe it is that we just wanted a beer that was straightforward. Um, IPAs are, you know, so popular that we kind of have to have one, you know, right. in a sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're prepared in the sense that we made the, the black and the blonde hmm. and said, you know, these are great, but um, let's just make something that everyone can, um, you know, rely on in a sense. Uh, so that's that's what we went after with it. Well, knowing the Central Valley, I could almost predict this might be your signature beer. Yeah. I think the consumer's <laughs> going to say, no, yeah. I want this one. I, I, want this I, think you're, I think you're probably right. I, I definitely have got a lot more feedback on that one as well. But you could pull the Pliny thing and create scarcity. Because I think that's what most of it is. True. I mean, it's a good recipe, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It is. But I think their ability of handling and creating that scarcity is kind of what helped. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we didn't take their recipe, and, right. you yeah. know, and, and, and make it, it. We just were like, this is what folks like. How do we add? It's a lot of the citrus note is, mm-hmm. is different on, in that sense. Um, so we added back a little bit of the citrus part of it. And so that's really, it's like, how do we make it different? Yeah. Um, but straightforward in the, in, the same, in the same sense. So. Yeah, it is. It's. I think you're stuck with this one for life. And that's not a bad thing at all. Um, Good. Did you Hopefully. already go over 
the uh, ABV. ABV. I think it's 7.4. 7.0. No, sorry. Uh, 7.0. 7.0. Yeah, 7.0. A little, little bit lower. Um, well, I guess not It's anymore. good enough. I yeah, think. I was going to say, not anymore. Um, and then IBUs were, yeah, I think 28. Really? 30, yeah. It is a little bit higher on the hoppy end. Um, and we, we did choose to dry hop it. I think we would do a different dry hop uh, next time. But I uh, we actually got kind of a, a it's called a hop back, and we're going to do a, a different type of trial with, with uh, dry hopping. So... We're excited to see if we can maybe even tweak it a little bit. Right. Well, so. in the in the interest of education, sure. What does dry hop mean? Dry hop is um, once your fermentation process starts, um, you're trying to basically build back some of the characteristics of hops. So mm-hmm. usually use um, dry hops, and I mean, like right now we're a little bit traditional in the sense we're taking a bag and mm-hmm. filling it with hops, and then just soaking it. So it's almost like a tea bag in a sense. Okay. Um, and what you're trying to do is, yeah, just build the profile of the different types of flavors that hops provide. So citrus, pine, um, you know, those types of characteristics. And and uh, so we, it, it's really, it's an art in the fact mm. of how long do you leave it in there? How mm. many days do you, you know, a- add it and mm. that kind of thing. So that that's where we'll, we'll do some of the tweaks. Is it a thing to have a favorite hop? Is that a thing in the... Um, I'm sure Mike does. <laughs> I, I have a go-to um, which probably is not many brewmasters, but Centennial is like my go-to. Um, Columbus is really, really popular. If you grab anything from Yakima Valley, you're, you know, you kind of know what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of the, you know, the, the, the industry standard in a sense. Um, but I don't know. There's so many different uh, varietals out there, and then they're starting to change them in the laboratory. Like mm-hmm. Mosaic, you know, came along a little while ago, but it was basically built um, from a, a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And so having that yeah, knowledge and, you know, around hops and it's growing every day. You, you, you will never catch up, you know, unless you are right. in that industry. So do you think like, sometimes I have seen on the uh, the can of a beer like uh-huh. they actually say we use experimental hops and it's like this long. Do you think you'll ever try something new with something oh, that's yeah. not? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my chemistry background, okay. right? It's, it's all about how do we, you know, how do we do something different and did we find something that a lot of folks don't do? Um, yeah, so we will definitely go down that road. I mean, I've even thought about growing my own hops and, you know, kind of having some of that. So. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I yeah. look forward to that day. Yeah. Um, so uh, several things in closing. One, uh, did we go over a name yet? Was there a name for this Oh, uh, we don't have one for the IPA actually yet. Um, we got, what, four days? Yeah, four days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll figure it out from there. So speaking of four days, um, or how can people find you on social media? Yeah, so we're on Instagram, uh, 1870 Brew, um, and then Facebook, um, also 1870 Brewing. You can just look it up. Um, we also have a website, 1870brew.com. Try to keep everything simple. Um, we're planning on doing a grand opening, soft grand opening, um, August 14th. Down here, we're on, we're on J and, and 9th, um, and we're going to basically serve to-go uh, growlers and we actually have a crowler machine. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about the crowler machine. Um, we'll have actually 32 ounce and 25 ounce cans. So really, yeah, different than a, a lot of other folks. So we're testing that out right now. And then we're going to be able to, to serve um, 12 ounce beers too. So nice. yeah, folks can come down. Um, and then we're actually kicking around some samplers. 
I, I really want people to sample and say like, yes, I want to take 64 ounces home. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that growler. Um, and then one more uh, piece is, is that we're, we definitely want to help people out because I have a million growlers at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you can bring your, your growlers in and, and we'll clean them for you. We have a little sanitation process we're going to go through. Um, it just might take a little bit longer. That's the only thing we're going to tell yeah. customers. So um, you might have to wait on the side, but we will fill your growler with our beer because um, we promote and support all uh, breweries. Nice. Um, thank you for doing growlers. Yeah. I wish more people did because yeah. I'm of maybe I'm getting up there in age. I don't necessarily want 64 ounces of something. Yeah, yeah. I've transitioned more to I would rather 232 ounces of two different things. Yeah, and, okay. Um, I'm not putting you on the spot, so don't answer if you don't want to. I, I hope your pricing structure is more fair. One, my main issue with how people tend to do crowlers is they tend to be only like $4 cheaper than the growler. And it's like, how's that fair? You're getting half the beer. Why is it almost the same price? So. Yeah, no, I think that we're fair. Um, you know, we're probably going to price them around $13, which is cheaper than our, so our refills are 16 And mm-hmm. then, um, so yeah, a couple bucks cheaper. I think when you're putting it into aluminum, you're losing a little bit of the, I don't know, ability to cool. And then mm-hmm. also maybe a little bit of the flavor profile. I, I shouldn't say that, but in general, um, you know, it tastes better in glass. I, I, I always hear that from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we definitely want to make sure that we promote um, crawlers because it's such an easy, you know, it's just an easy concept yeah. and for people to, to purchase and take home and uh, drink right away. I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just nice. I know um, um, the brewery down in Turlock, Dust Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, they, they make them but there's not a lot of places around here that are kind of scared of crawlers. And yeah. they're really around the coast as well. There's a lot of breweries that, mm. that do uh, fill them, but we're going to try it out. We're going to see how it goes and see uh, the interest that we that we gain from That's it. That's good. And I hope it's strong because I'll be help pushing that movement because I, I want more of that. So I'll do my part. I can promise you that. Yeah, good. And um, okay. again, I just want to thank you for your time. I know you're super busy getting ready for the 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for you to give me half an hour of your time means a lot to me and this podcast. And uh, for everyone listening at home, make sure you support them. Come out the 14th in a very safe and orderly manner. Yes. Um, continue to wear your masks and yes. wash your hands and stay six <laughs> feet course. apart. But come down here and help out because 1870 is awesome. Uh, Bridget and her company are just, they're doing phenomenal things. And they deserve to thrive because I, I think they're going to end up being a marquee here in downtown Modesto. And we all need to do our part. Uh, to help them out. So. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And uh, until next time, we wish you all a good afternoon, a good evening, and good night. Uh, uh. I got that real good, feel good stuff up under the seat of my big black jacked up truck. Rolling on 35s, pretty girl by my side. You got that suntan skirt and boots Waiting on you to look my way and scoop Your little hot self over here Girl, hand me another beer 